your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 715 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today, got a very special uh, Thanksgiving Day edition of Locked On New York Rangers. And what we're going to do is I'm just going to kind of run through some of the reasons why I am thankful to be a fan of the New York Rangers. Obviously, you know, you're a fan of this team. You go through a lot of ups and downs and some highs and lows, but we all do it together. And uh, yeah, just going to kind of stick with the theme of the holiday here and talk about some things that I'm thankful for as it pertains to this Ranger team, uh, both from, you know, current day players and, and everything going on this season to things that have happened in the past as well. Just going to have some fun with it. Super casual episode of Locked On New York Rangers here. Not that this is like an overly formal show in the first place. You know, we have fun on here and just discuss our beloved blue shirts. But yeah, it's going to do something a little bit different here today. Once again, to kind of fit the theme of the holiday. And we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but first, the one thing I also wanted to mention is that uh, this episode it's dropping on Thanksgiving Thursday, but it is being recorded on Monday, three days before Thanksgiving. Very evergreen episode here, and I am recording it with the Rangers having last played against the Sharks and defeated them 2-1. to one. So since this episode has been recorded, uh, the Rangers have played uh, two games against the Kings and Ducks, so I hope they won. And uh, whatever happened in those games, uh, I've already discussed... Uh, the game against the Kings in the Wednesday episode of Locked on New York Rangers, the episode right before this one, and whatever happened in the game on Wednesday against the Ducks, we will discuss that on Friday's episode. Doing things a little bit out of, out of order this week, and i uh, going to wait an extra day to discuss uh, Rangers versus Ducks, but again, I just wanted to get this episode recorded ahead of time, get it out there for you guys on Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, spend Thanksgiving doing uh, some other things for sure. But uh, I mean, for starters, you know, before we get into the hockey stuff, I, I think I pretty much speak for everybody when I say that you know I'm very thankful for my health, my family, my friends, all that good stuff. Uh, but to keep everything Ranger-centric, I, like I said, I do want to talk about uh, some of the things that we as Ranger fans all have to be thankful for. And one thing that kind of popped into my head right away when I started, you know, making this list and just kind of laying out the episode and uh, going over some things that I want to talk about. One thing that I'm thankful about is that the Rangers have been able to keep their core group intact. The Rangers, I mean, I guess maybe you could say Buchnevich and, and maybe even Strom as well, but for the most part, the guys that like really, really count, the guys that are like big time pillars and just guys that you absolutely cannot lose from your roster, the Rangers have been able to hold on to all those guys. And most recently, uh, within the past couple of years here, the Rangers have gotten extensions done with Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Igor Shesterkin, and Adam Fox. All four of those players completely indispensable uh, for the New York Rangers, and I'm just very thankful that all four of those players, as well as the Rangers, were fair, they were open, they were honest. I, I think, you know, both sides kind of met in the middle. It didn't seem like uh, negotiations ever got too contentious, and of course, we never know what goes on uh, you know, behind the scenes and everything. But, you know, those players wanted to be Rangers and, uh, you know, wanted to hopefully eventually lead this team to the promised land. And just kind of go through them all one by one here. I mean, Chris Kreider, you know, 
They were going through a season where it wasn't looking like the Rangers were going to be a playoff team, but Kreider that year would have been one of the uh, most coveted players available at the trade deadline, along with, I believe, Taylor Hall was the other one. Uh, instead, he signs a seven-year extension with the Rangers at $6.5 million, and uh, if he plays out that entire contract with the Rangers, he will you know, be the longest tenured player. I mean, geez, he's going to be up to about 15 seasons with the New York Rangers, which is pretty wild to think about. Uh, but Kreider, you know, he could have played hardball here. He could have really forced the Rangers hand, uh, not signed an extension, uh, forced them to potentially trade him at the deadline. Then he gets to join a team that can win a Stanley Cup. And then he gets free agency after that. And very quite possibly could have gotten, you know, a bigger contract, uh, a contract, maybe not so much bigger in terms of uh, years because it was a seven-year extension, but in terms of average annual value, I, I think that was at least possible. So very thankful that Kreider uh, was signed to that extension, and you know we'll see how it goes. I know some people will say like, oh well, man, that 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 contract's not going to be looking so good uh, at the end. Well, that's kind of how it goes with, with long-term contracts, regardless of the sport and player. A lot of times that last year or two, they're not quite the player that they used to be. But Mika Zibanejad, you know, he signs an extension heading into the last year of his contract last season, and he ends up getting $8.5 million per season for eight years. And I mean, this guy, as I've said on here, the most consistently excellent New York Ranger on the ice. I think we've seen a lot of that this season. I know we want to see him score more goals at even strength, but Mika Zibanejad is an absolute weapon out there, a fantastic defensive forward as well. Just the total package. And this is a league where, you know, centers are always in high demand. And uh, the Rangers have one of the truly elite centers in this game. And eight and a half million dollars per season, I mean, that's, it's a lot. But I think it's also very, very reasonable, uh, you know, when you kind of weigh it against what Mika Zibanejad gives you. And again, if Mika really wanted to play hardball, he could have just gone into the last season of his contract uh, without signing an extension and potentially hit free agency at the end of the year. And at that point, there's probably a bidding war for Mika Zibanejad. I mean, he had a great season, so he probably would have ended up with more money as well. But I'm glad that uh, he's here and signed to, once again, a reasonable amount. Igor Shesterkin. I mean, you know, the Raiders, they caught a little bit of flack when they signed Igor because the idea was, man, you're giving this guy, this is a big-time commitment, a good amount of money and a decent amount of years for somebody that hasn't played that much. But the Rangers were sold on Igor Shesterkin. They, they thought he was going to be a big-time goalie, and they were rewarded big-time for that confidence last year when Igor was a human cheat code on the ice and, um, you know, obviously won the Vezina and just had a tremendous season uh, with spearheading a deep playoff run for the New York Rangers as well. And the fact that he signed for just $5.66 million per season, that's an absolute steal. Uh, he's got two years left on his deal after this one. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, the salary cap should be a little bit higher by then, but uh, I couldn't be any happier that Mika Zibanejad once again uh, signed that extension with the Rangers and uh, best goalie in the league. And he's played like it uh, over the last handful of games after a somewhat slow start, at least by his own very lofty standards. Adam Fox, the fourth and final uh, person in this discussion here, he signed an extension with the New York Rangers. And, you know, for, for me, if you can get Adam Fox signed to a deal that's less than seven figures per year, you do it. And that's exactly what the Rangers did. Uh, he signs a seven-year deal, $9.5 million uh, to stay with the Rangers, $9.5 million per season. Uh, the total value is $66.5 million. So Adam Fox doing all right for himself. And uh, the Rangers got that done, you know, pretty quickly and quietly as well. And for Fox, obviously a very nice extension. Some of these other guys maybe could have played hardball. I mean, certainly Kreider and Mika. I think Adam Fox, though, when you're as young as he is, 
And you can go from making $1.7 million per season to $9.5 million per season for the next, you know, seven years, I think you pretty much do it. But again, I, I could not be more thankful that these guys, you know, the core of this Ranger team, along with guys like Panarin and, uh, you know, hopefully the kids eventually get there as well, you know, Kako, Lafreniere, all these guys. But I mean, really keeping your superstar players and the core of your team intact, the Rangers have been able to do that. And again, I, I think both sides, the Rangers, as well as these players, negotiated in good faith and uh, came up with, you know, uh, length and dollars that are very fair to both sides. So very, very happy about that. I'm going to uh, keep talking about this in just a second. Definitely want to talk about uh, some other things that I'm thankful for as it pertains to the Rangers, including the playoff run from this past season, as well as the 1994 Stanley Cup winning team. Like I said, very casual, very just kind of informal episode here today. Just going to jump from one thing to the next, the things that I'm most thankful for as a New York Ranger fan, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are as well. And like I said, we're going to do all that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to hockey to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And as I just mentioned, I wanted to Definitely uh, express my thanks and my gratitude to the New York Rangers uh, making just an awesome run through the playoffs last season. Obviously, we didn't get the end result that we all wanted. That would, of course, have been the Rangers lifting the Stanley Cup over their heads. But man, what a run that was. And for a team that got basically no respect from other fan bases, from NHL analysts uh, throughout the entire season, nobody was really taking them seriously. But anybody that watched that Ranger team last year, uh, could see that there was something special in the air. And I don't know that we've quite gotten there uh, with this year's team. Certainly, there's signs that they're coming out of it and uh, could end up being one of the better teams in the league when it's all said and done. But man, last year, you know, it wasn't perfect. There were things you could nitpick, but there was just something inside of this team that made you always think that they were going to get the job done. And I mean, the playoff run, my God. I mean, where do you even start? The Pittsburgh series. They get absolutely destroyed in games three and four in Pittsburgh. They're down three games to one in the series. It's the greatest... Three to one series comeback in sports history. I don't think anything could possibly top this. Uh, obviously, there's been a couple 3 0 comebacks in the NHL and a couple in baseball as well. Uh, actually, I think it's just one in baseball. But yeah, um, as far as, you know, the 3 1 comebacks are concerned, I mean, think about it. The Rangers are down by two goals in game five. They come storming back and they win it. They're down by two goals in game six on the road. They come storming back and they win it. They're down twice in Game 7 at home to the Penguins. It goes into overtime, and Artemi Panarin shoots and scores. Uh, so just unreal there. Uh, you know, the series against the Canes, what a dogfight that was. You're down two games to nothing. You come back, and you win the two at home, but then you're down three or two, and you win Game 6, and you go on the road in Game 7 and just destroy the Hurricanes to go to the Eastern Conference Final. And then, of course, they didn't get the result against the Lightning. Got up 2 nothing. We were all really excited. Wow, they might actually do this. It might be, you know, Rangers avalanche in the Finals. Could have possibly happened. Obviously, it did not. People like to throw around words like, oh, you know, they, they choked and they're frauds and all that. that that's like the go-to word for people in sports now is everybody just is just jumping at the opportunity to call either a certain team or a certain player 
frauds or a fraud. That That's like the new buzzword uh, when it comes to sports, whether there's any evidence to back it up or not. And I don't see it that way at, at all. I mean, I know the Rangers were up two to nothing. I don't think they choked or anything like that against the Lightning. I think they got beat. I think they got beat by a really, really good team that had won the last two Stanley Cups. It happens from time to time. Again, unfortunate that they didn't get the result, but I am very, very thankful for you know that playoff run last year because it had been a while since the Rangers were even in the playoffs. So we're not going to count the 2020 uh, COVID season when 24 teams made it and everybody was playing inside a bubble. Technically, since the Rangers lost in the qualifying round, they don't count as a playoff team that year anyway. But it had been a while and uh, very, very gratifying to go through that rebuild, get back into the playoffs, and uh, see the Rangers make the run that they did. I had a blast watching this team and doing this podcast. And I know you guys had a blast last year as well through that playoff run. And here's uh, hoping and keeping our fingers crossed that uh, we get something similar this season, hopefully with uh, you know just two more playoff series wins at the very end there because that would be amazing. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. Like I said, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the 1994 Stanley Cup team, one of my earliest sports memories. You know, the, one of the first times I can remember, like, really sitting down and actually uh, watching a game of any kind. I mean, you know, hockey games. Hockey games are a little bit shorter than other sports. They're about two and a half hours. But, you know, most pro sports, they go about three hours. That, that's, a, that's a big ask for a seven-year-old. But uh, I did it on that night and was allowed to stay up late, so that was cool too. So going to talk about that. Going to also talk about couple of other things, uh, the fact that we went right from Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Shesterkin, I mean, that's pretty cool, and uh, we will do all that in just a second. All right, so keeping everything rolling right along here, as I just mentioned, the 1994 Stanley Cup team, I am so thankful that I was just barely old enough to remember this. I've talked about this before on the podcast, and you know, some of you that are around my age, I'm, I'm sure you can relate. Uh, some of you that are a little bit older probably appreciated it a little bit more than I did. And I think, you know, looking back on that, that's probably my only regret about, you know, watching the Rangers win the Stanley Cup in 1994. I mean, it's not really my fault. I'm a seven-year-old kid. But, you know, you, you don't really appreciate at that age just how truly special it really is. The fact that the Rangers had not won a Stanley Cup in, uh, in 54 years and the fact that little did we know then they would go an additional at least 28 years without winning another one. It is not easy to win the Stanley Cup. It is not easy to win a championship in any sport, in any league, at any level. And it's one of those things that just didn't really hit me there the way that I wish that it would have. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm absolutely thrilled that, once again, I was old enough to see it, to remember it, and uh, you know, just uh, kind of take it in. And it's always good to look back at, at those you know, highlight clips or you watch the final few seconds from Game 7. I mean, any day of the week, man, I, I can pop that stuff onto YouTube and, and take a look at it and uh, just kind of put myself back there. So that was obviously amazing. I mean, that team was absolutely loaded. But something else that I've talked about, I've mentioned it in the past here, you know, without that Stanley Cup, we're approaching Boston Red Sox territory. Like, as far as championship droughts are concerned, 86 years for the Red Sox, and we're up to what now? 82 years for the New York Rangers. And on top of that, you know, if the Rangers hadn't won the Cup in 1994, all these playoff runs from the past, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, they would have all had the caveat of, oh, yeah, the curse is still alive. The curse is still alive. The Rangers can't win the Cup. The Rangers can't win the Cup. So I'm very thankful that we haven't had to deal with any of that nonsense uh, over the past however many years it's been now, about 28 years since the Rangers uh, last won the Stanley Cup. I'm also very, very thankful the Rangers are now 3-0 in Game 7 overtime games. Uh, Stefan Matteau, 94, against the Devils in the conference championship. Uh, Derek Stepan in the second round in 2015 against the Washington Capitals. 
and Artemi Panarin just this past season in the first round against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is one of the most unforgiving environments and nerve-wracking environments in all of sports. Game 7 overtime. I mean, really think about that. You score the next goal, and your dreams are still alive for the Stanley Cup. And in some cases, you know, especially the Matteau game, you're right there. You, you score the next goal, and you go to the Stanley Cup Finals. If you do not score the next goal, you are done. It is over. You are going home. Your dreams are dashed. That is a very, very unforgiving uh, environment in which to play hockey. But all three of those, you know, teams, and I think— you know, looking at the the rosters from all those teams, the only Ranger who played in uh, multiple of these Game 7 overtime games would be Chris Kreider. He played this past year and also in uh, 2015 when Derek Stepan scored. I mean, obviously, nobody from 1994 was still on the team in 2014, but that's kind of just an interesting side note. But, I mean, we've never had to experience what the Penguins experienced this past year, what uh, the Capitals did in 2014, what the Devils did in 1994. So I'm very, very thankful for that as well, that my team has always uh, been able to come up clutch uh, in those big spots, those Game 7 overtime wins. I, I will say, you know, we did have, oh God, am I even going to say these? Yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. We, we can heal together. Uh, Adam Henrique for the Devils, you know, in whatever year that was, I think like 2012, and also, um, you know, Jonathan, or Jonathan Quick was the goalie. Uh, Alec Martinez scoring in 2014 against the Rangers in Game 5. But, you know, Game 7 overtime, Rangers have always come up clutch there, and obviously very thankful for that as well. Something on just kind of a personal note here, I am very thankful to have seen two Ranger hat tricks in the last two Ranger games that I have gone to. Uh, these are not common occurrences, and there's people that are big hockey fans, and they go to a bunch of games, and uh, they never really get to see this, and it's not lost on me how lucky I am, and my wife as well, because she was with me for both of those games, how lucky we were uh, to see a couple of hat tricks. Just a very cool occurrence, and again, something that you really don't see every day. Nice to see the hats, you know, flying over the glass and all that good stuff, uh, but to just go through the ones that they were, um, and, you know, I've told this story as well, but uh, the one was uh, Rangers at home against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, that was during the season where COVID was still pretty prevalent, but they were allowing 10% uh, capacity into Madison Square Garden. So uh, that was cool. Mika hat trick against the Sabres, and the Rangers won that game like 7-3, to 6-3, to three, something along those lines, uh, but always cool to see a hat trick. And then the most recent one, and this was a preseason game, but hey, a hat trick's a hat trick. Uh, we were... In Bridgeport, Connecticut, to see the Rangers play the Islanders in the preseason, Philip Heedle ends up with a hat trick for the Rangers, including the game-winning overtime goal. Not quite as many hats for that one. I mean, technically, that's a home game for the Islanders because their minor league team plays in that building, uh, but obviously still very cool to see uh, nevertheless. And having it capped off with the overtime winner, very cool as well. Something else that I think we're all extremely thankful for, the fact that the Rangers always seem to have a franchise goalie. You know, think about it. You go from Mike Richter, who debuted with the Rangers in the 80s. I believe 88-89 was his first season. And you go from that basically straight to Henrik Lundqvist. There were two seasons there between Richter and Lundqvist. You know, Lundqvist had already been drafted by the Rangers when Mike Richter was playing, you know, his final couple of seasons there. Uh, but Lundqvist had not made his debut uh, in the NHL to that point. But, you know, you go from Richter... And then two years where, like, Mike Dunham, I, I think, was the, the goalie. And he, he did okay the one year. Did pretty well the one year, actually. Not so much the other year. But I think the Rangers never really saw him as a franchise goalie. So after those two years, right to Henrik Lundqvist. The rest is history. Uh, his number is now in the Madison Square Garden Rafters, as it should be. And then 
right after that from Henrik Lundqvist right to Igor Shesterkin. They were teammates in uh, what turned out to be Hank's final season as a New York Ranger. And, uh, you know, again, you, you get about 15 seasons of Mike Richter, which is crazy. I didn't realize he was on the Rangers for quite as long as he was. 15 seasons of Richter, uh, and then very soon after that, 15 seasons of Henrik Lundqvist, and now hopefully 15 seasons of Igor Shesterkin. We shall see. But it's not lost on me how lucky we are as Ranger fans that the Rangers always have their goaltender situation figured out, and there's always somebody that you feel good about, and you just put them out there, and you don't really have to think about a whole lot. You know, there's teams that go decades without finding any way that you could really consider a franchise goalie. The Flyers always come to mind whenever I, I think about, you know, a team that fits that description. Uh, you know, a team like, uh, even some good teams, like think about like the Flames and the Oilers. Those teams are always kind of cycling goalies in and out. They never really seem to have any uh, permanence as far as the goalie position is concerned. So again, it's not lost on me that the Rangers always have an elite goalie, a franchise goalie, and a potential future Hall of Fame goalie. So yeah, not loss on me at all. And the last thing I wanted to just mention here, I'm certainly thankful for all of you guys who uh, tune into this podcast every day or, you know, whenever you can. Obviously, there are a lot of options when it comes to, uh, you know, where you get your news and where you get your coverage and uh, all that good stuff as far as New York Ranger hockey is concerned. A lot of options out there, a lot of really good options. So again, thank you guys so much, as always, for uh, tuning into Locked on New York Rangers. There's, you know, we're up over 700 episodes here, and I've heard from some of you guys that have been here since, like, like episode like 14, like we were literally in the teens. So that means the world to me that you guys continue to tune in and uh, stick with me and, uh, you know, enjoy just kind of this roller coaster that is being a New York Ranger fan, the roller coaster ride that we all know uh, just all too well. So again, thank you guys so much. And like I said, very casual, very informal episode here, but I want to do something kind of Thanksgiving centric. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to recap the game between the Rangers and Ducks who played each other on Wednesday night. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.